Colorectal cancer is almost entirely preventable if we get screened early, and though colonoscopies are the gold standard, there are some at-home screening options that may work for some of us. Welcome to Right Beside You, a Read Health podcast. I'm Scott Webb, and joining me today to discuss the various screening options, when we should be screened, and what we can do to prevent colorectal cancer is Dr. Naeem Raza. He's a gastroenterologist with Read Health. Dr. Raza, thanks so much for your time today. We're talking about colorectal cancer and colonoscopies and screening and all that good stuff today. As we get rolling here, what is colorectal cancer and what signs and symptoms should we be on the lookout for? Colorectal cancer is a common and lethal cancer. It is one of the leading causes of cancer death in the United States. We like to discuss uh, about the risk factors about colorectal cancer, and the most important risk factor is age, followed by family history. Colorectal cancer comes from the colon polyps, which continues to grow, and over the period of time, change into cancer. Most common sign and symptoms are bleeding in the stool, which is mostly undetected unless it reaches to the cancer stage. Like any other cancer, the most important symptom we get from the patient is they are asymptomatic, which means those cancers, when they are in the early stages, do not give any obvious warning to the patients. That is why, as a physician, our goal is to educate our patients and communities that we need to stay in the early detection and prevention of this cancer. There are simple tools available, which we like to discuss further in detail. Yeah, and we're definitely going to do that. And you mentioned uh, risk factors or who's at risk. And of course, none of us can outrun our family history and genetics. Does it affect males more than females? Is it fairly equal? It is fairly equal. And the number one risk factors we have seen is the age. We used to start screening in average population age 50, but we have seen the cancer is on the hunt for the early ages. And now we have across the board colorectal cancer screening starting at the age of 45. There is not much difference in the gender, but there is some difference in certain race such as African-American race, we have seen early start of those cancers. Patients with the family history, as you mentioned, also tends to have higher risk. And then there are some genetic disorders which runs in the family and those patients need early screening for these cancers too. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned the the screening guidelines uh, changing because I think there's some confusion out there, right? It used to be 50 uh, if you were average risk, and now it's 45. And sort of alarming, there's higher incidence of colorectal cancer and even younger patients. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Yes, we have seen that we continue to emphasize start screening at age 50 and above. But lately, we have seen that patients starts getting these cancers and precancerous lesions at younger age than 50. So with multiple studies, United States Preventive Task Force and American Cancer Society and other organizations came up with these guidelines that we should start screening in an average person means across the board, 
without having any high risk factors. Screening for cancer at age 45. This helps to diagnose and prevent this cancer at the early stages. Yeah, and you mentioned there, that's really, I think, why colonoscopies are the gold standard. Sure, there are other options, Colorguard, things like that, at-home options, if you will. But the reason colonoscopies are the gold standard is because they're both diagnostic and prevention. It's sort of a one-stop shopping, if you will. So let's talk about, since we know that screening and diagnosis early is key, let's talk about the early detection methods like colonoscopies, what are polyps, and so on. There are different methods available in prevention and early detection of these cancers. Some are non-invasive methods, which means they can be done by simple stool studies. Then there are some radiological methods such as CT scans and other. And then there is invasive procedure colonoscopy. Colonoscopy procedure includes by direct visualization with the help of the scope, which has camera and light. This procedure helps to prevent and early detect the polyps. Colon polyps are small growth of the tissue, which is abnormal. And if they continue to grow, they become cancers. By doing this procedure, at the right time and regular interval, we not only able to find those polyps or growth, we can remove those at the same time in the procedure. So that is why, as you mentioned, we can take care of the whole situation in one stop. By removing those polyps, we prevent them to continue to grow and prevent the cancer to happen. Let's look at simply most of the other tests like detection for the cancer, breast cancer mammogram and pap smear or CT scan for the lung cancers. They help to detect the cancer at the early stages. But with the help of colonoscopy, we can not only detect the cancer at early stages, we can remove the polyp which will become a cancer so we can prevent the cancer to happen. This is an excellent method which can be done safely, comfortably and prevent the cancer to happen, which means these patients can avoid not only chemotherapy or surgery because they have avoided the cancer to happen. There's so many uh, good reasons, right, as we're establishing here and have your expertise today. It's diagnostic, it prevents, uh, it's uh, safe and comfortable and so on. So I think the natural follow-up doctor is, why do so many people avoid being screened? Are they scared off by the prep? Is it the unknown? Maybe have a sense of why people who, you know, are at even average risk, who get to 50, why they continue to put it off. It wasn't just COVID. Maybe there was some of that during COVID, but even, you know, removing COVID from the equation, why do people sort of drag their feet on this? There could be many reasons, but I always want to take responsibility as a provider, period. I like to educate patients from my end, and I feel like this is the first thing we need to focus. As a provider, we should educate our patients and then try to understand why they are reluctant we know these 
colonoscopy procedures, if we consider for screening reasons, all the insurances and Medicare approve. So it is not the expense at that time. There are confusions in the mind of the patient about the bowel prep. We have come across many simple bowel prep formulations which are much easier to tolerate. There are also misunderstanding in regard to the complications and the side effects. Most of these procedures were done with either very light conscious sedation or with the help of anesthesia. Either of those two procedures involves complete comfortability and tolerance in the procedures. So the pain is not an issue in these procedures. The complication risks involved bleeding or perforation, those are also extremely rare. In the studies, the risks of those complications occur in around 1 in 4,000 to 5,000 cases like that. So overall, my experience is that we may have to do better job in communication and educating our communities and our patients. I think you're so right, and that's what's so encouraging about doing things like this is we're communicating, we're educating, and, and I really appreciate your perspective on this, that some of the responsibility for folks maybe dragging their feet a little bit or their confusion really, you know, is from their doctors, being able to communicate and explain. And, you know, having had my own colonoscopy, I think the best part about it for me was I knew that provided everything was normal, that I wouldn't need one most likely for 10 years, right? And I think that that's also maybe some good information to get out there is that if you're normal, if you're at normal risk, right, and everything is fine, it's not like you have to go back every year, right? That is correct. Normal colonoscopy without family history of colon cancer in the first degree relative, you don't need to do the repeat uh, till 10 years. Also, if you choose other screening methods and those methods are positive or abnormal, then your indication of colonoscopy becomes from screening to diagnostic, which means then it becomes more of your financial responsibility to pay part of that procedure. I strongly recommend colonoscopy procedure because first, you can not only detect or find you can also remove those polyps. Number two, it is a screening if you go straight for colonoscopy as per the guidelines across the board. Yeah, as we've established here today, it is the, the gold standard. It is safe, comfortable. The only real complication is you have to have a ride, right? So you can't drive yourself home. So that's one minor complication, but most of us have a friend or family member who can drive us home. So doctors, we wrap up and great information today. Tell listeners how easy it is to contact you, your office, to get this schedule, that insurance pays for the colonoscopies, and just encourage them one last time to get their colonoscopies. Get screened. I am a strong, passionate supporter for colonoscopy to prevent the cancers. Since I started practicing as a GI physician, I have seen the benefits all the time. My chief department of gastroenterology where I trained during my fellowship 
Dr. Michael Kumar, used to say anytime he sees the colon cancer, it hurts his feeling that is a missed opportunity where colonoscopy procedure could have prevented that to happen. This is a simple procedure. Again, screening colonoscopy is approved by all the insurances. Scheduling is very easy. You can talk to your own providers and they can call to schedule this procedure through the read gastroenterology. There are easy process through the computer, by the phone, to schedule this procedure. The bowel preps available both in liquid form, much smaller quantity in comparison to the past, and also in the pill forms, which are easy to swallow comparing to the large amount of liquids. The procedures are done with the sedation, so there is no discomfort in the procedures. There is need for ride because of the medicines given to make you comfortable, and that is the requirement by the state, and it is for your safety and other people's safety. Otherwise, everybody after the procedure is awake and comfortable, able to eat, and they can rest and do, do the routine light activities with the company of their other person. And that's perfect, doctor. You know, communication and education is so key. Thanks so much for your time today, doctor. You stay well. Thank you. Thank you. And to learn more, call 765-935-8923. And if you found this podcast helpful, please do share it on your social media. And thanks for listening to Right Beside You, a Read Health podcast, hoping your health is good health. I'm Scott Webb.